we're also quite confident that said baby was conceived uh, in the bathroom of our firm's suite at the Justin Bieber concert. Amazing. Nice. <laughs> we interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's the only show on earth about neighborhood soccer. Oh, that's good. Indy City Football Live. Brought to you by Turketties in Indianapolis. Answering life's most important question. Have you ever seen anybody play the game called soccer? Cole and Shelby Street, Jason Chisholm, and Carrie Burge are the pod squad! Indy City Football Live! Coming live this week from Behringer's because the real feel outside is 106. 111. 111. So we are inside at Behringer's, uh, proud sponsor of the Southside Soccer Club. Um, not sponsor of the podcast. That is Turketties. Turketties. We love their meats. Now, you've listened this long. Um, hopefully, this isn't your first episode. If it is your first episode, Carrie, what is Indy City Football? I'm so glad you asked. Indy City Football is a neighborhood recreational soccer league for it adults sure um, with a good citizenship. Twist. Twist. In addition to getting points for wins and draws. Teams can earn points for things like being a good neighbor, donating blood, using responsible public transit, and attending after parties at our generous sponsors. Thanks, sponsors. Love you guys. Thank you, Shelby. We have a good, a lot of good sponsors. Um, we are technically a sponsor. <laughs> uh, let's see. We are recapping week 10 this week, correct? We're recapping week 10, and... We're also going to recap the All-Star game. Yeah, correct? we've got the... Indy 11's game? Yeah, of course. We have a lot of recaps. Are, are we week. sure we want to recap that? Who's that? Oh, this is Andrew Detmer, uh, goalkeeper and uh, newest striker for Intermonon. Oh, newest striker? Both in one game? Indeed. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear more about that. Oh, I got it. Okay, um, so... As you may have noticed, we're talking about recaps this week. We're not talking about the future because this is a fun, weird week every year where we have no games. It's uh, Drum Corps International's in town. Uh, we're going to skip straight to the things to do this weekend segment. Uh, check out Drum Corps International if you can. Love marching band. I'm just going to throw this out here that because it is the all-star week slash bye week, that you can still get points if you show up in Jersey to any of our sponsors and post a picture about it, you can do that. But you'll get double points if you show up at Googman House this Thursday night. Uh, well, there's no after party if there's no game, but it is a- It is the party. It party. is the party. So just so you know, if you go and hang out at any of our sponsors. I can't make it, I'm literally getting my hair done. Yeah, well, I'll be on my porch sipping a beer. I'm not, I can't go, but anyway. Good opportunities for those teams who might be a little behind in social points exactly. or anyone that's who's looking to overtake points? Southside Soccer Club. Surprise, because that's where Hallville was uh, planning on going this Thursday was to Goodman House. <laughs> we like, could, we've already talked about we that. We could do so. nothing for the next three weeks and no one would be able to pass us in social. Even with those double points? Yes. <laughs> Fascinating math. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so, do you want to get down to some League 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 Two talk? I think it's League Two's we, turn. Yeah, we always we start with League Two because it's the more interesting of the two leagues. We also have a League Two member, as he introduced himself in a kind of comical way, since we didn't do it ourselves. <laughs> Andrew Demers here um, from Intermonon. And, uh, yeah, let's get rolling with some scores. A very strong Bates-Hendricks team over Irvington. 4-2. to two. Irvington continues to slide. Um, let's hope that they can bring it back uh, for well, promotion relegation. Bates-Hendricks is a very tough team. They are. So, for Irvington to, to lose that game, not exactly surprising because both of those teams are top four this year. Do you know another mm-hmm. team who lost to Bates-Hendricks 4-2? Garfield? Garfield AC. Southside Soccer Club, too. I believe we lost, like, 5-0, so... Oh, that's the best thing about League 2. It's like, there's really, you never know what's going to go on. Um, we also had Old Speedway City finally um, being the team I have thought they were. Uh, 6-1 over Near East United. I refed You refed the game. game. What that insights game got, can you give us? That one got a bit, a uh, bit, bit odd. Um, Near East had to start down two players. Um, but they agreed to start off with negative two players. Um, halftime, they got together and decided that they were going to kind of alter both sides, and they ended up playing 8v8, but only one lady on the field for both teams. But by that point, it was already 5 nothing. So, But one of the, uh, the Near East goal was one of the nicest goals I think I've seen this year for nice. NEC football. It was off a throw-in. Far post, headed into the top corner. So, Just beautiful soccer happening. Um, another game I know we're definitely going to cover, uh, the next one, uh, Southside Soccer Club over Garfield AC 3-0. Who wants to talk about it first? I can. I thought it was a great game. Like, yeah, we ahead. didn't win. Um, the flow, as I know, is always important to Cole, was nil-nil at the half. Um, I thought it was the best game my team has played that half. That's the best soccer we've been playing all year. Um both teams really looked so good. There was so much body sacrifice in that game. Um, I've never seen a game that had that many, like, blocks of people just, like, throwing their body in front of a ball. Yeah. I know we had a really good time. Um, aside from, like, a couple individual incidents, um, unfortunately, just due to some weird circumstances. No one was being overly aggressive, but we did have a player... Uh, we did have a player leave with a concussion, I think. Oh, no. Um, it, I get, like, no one really did anything. I think she just bumped into one of your larger guys and then got the wind knocked out of her and then fell and hit her head on the ground. So it was just, like, weird. Feel weird, very yeah. And then our leading scorer after his first shift, like, he started the game and then had to come out because he was nauseous. So then he was, like, trying not to throw up. Then as soon as he got that under control, he got a bloody nose. Um, so weird. he finished the game with uh, a paper towel shoved up his nose. So if you saw the picture after, that's what was going on. He actually didn't get hit. He just no. got sick and then got a bloody nose just out of nowhere. Just a weird night. Um, He's but, very good. But yeah, we played at half. It was 0-0 at a half. And then um, I think we scored our goals like pretty quick, like – 10 minutes into the second half and then like we scored them real quick and then like it was stabilized after that so it was a 3-1 3-0 so that was a good game very uh 
it was a very ICF game. Like, I think we were calling out of bounds with each other. We were handing each other the ball. Like, we weren't, like, there's no, like, overaggressive fouls. Like, um, I think both teams did talk to the ref about calling fouls at halftime, which he picked it up at the end because he was, like, just letting it play. And we're like, hey, this could get out of control. Like, just start calling some fouls. We both probably should have deserved some fouls, and he did, and we got that. And um, Garfield kept making fun of my pants, which were capris. <laughs> Um, and uh, they were actually yelling at me from the sidelines. Um, and then I went around two people and made an assist for a goal. And then I just pointed at my pants and walked away. So that was a good experience for me. Uh, I don't really get very much. I don't really leave. I don't go past midfield. Maybe once every three games do I go past the midfield. So that was fun for me. But uh, I mean, this may be nothing and I can cut this out, but I noticed Sometime during your game, Southside moved entire team over to the other side of the field. Oh, yeah. And Garfield then took over your space. Yep. Any reason behind any of this migration? Oh, we always want the D side sub. So we're not going to go across field to try to make a D sub. So we will move sides of the field so that we always have the D sub uh, to start to like at each half. So. I think Garfield like saw that what we were doing and we're like, oh, that makes sense. And just moved down the field and took the D sub on our side. Meanwhile, their game two weeks ago when you guys played uh, Fountain Square as the ref of that game, they were all very confused as to what you guys were doing. <laughs> they just need to get on Garfield's level and just understand what's going on. I mean, I it say, looked like we were leaving. Like we all just grabbed our backpacks it, and just It walked. 100% looked like that. And I, I don't want to out us here for not fully understanding what's going on. But we mostly did it because we always keep a Bluetooth speaker with a custom playlist that uh, one of our members, Fred Miller, has made behind our goalie. Mm. And we like being closer to that so we can hear it. And so when we switched sides, it was a great opportunity to pop over there and be closer to the speaker. How, how does your goalie feel about the custom playlist? Loves playing it. He, okay. was, he was the one holding the boombox above his head. Okay. Because as a keeper, I always am infuriated if the league speaker is right behind me because no. I cannot yell loud enough for my team to hear me. We can't have enough music. I, I enjoyed it. Reading Kessler United over Old North United 2-1. to one. That game seems closer than I expected it to be. MKU, I feel like they play pretty tight games. Yeah. Like, I don't think they have... They live and die by three. Is that what we said? Um... So we also had Intermonon over Sporting White River, eight to two. Andrew Detmer, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, what, do you, what do you have to say about that game? Yeah, so uh, the game started a little late. Shouts to Jenny for uh, agreeing to ref for us because the ref who was supposed to show up did not show up. Um, so it was a late one. In fact, I think we were maybe 10 minutes into the first half when the other two games on our side of Kuntz broke for their halftime break. So it was a little weird. Um, they also were missing um, one female player, so they were down someone the entire game. Um, they then asked if they could be attacking into or away from the sun, so we switched sides of the field, gave that to them. Uh, I think we were up 5-1 uh, going to the half. Um, obviously having the player advantage is helpful. Um, and I also have been so Typically, I play a keeper for us. I have been playing through a bit of a bum wrist since the friendly week. Um, and as we were up 5-1 and we had a couple players who can play in goal, um, one of whom was not 
loving the way his knee was feeling. He went in goal, and I went into defense. And um, sc we scored a couple more goals in the half. And then uh, for the last 10 minutes or so, they were like, hey, why don't you go up top? Because, you know, when are you ever going to get a chance to score? Uh, fluffed a chance that I should have buried with about a minute left. And then with about 30 seconds left, just after Samson uh, scored his first goal of the season and ripped his shirt off, uh, I then on a break was able to score, uh, to which the cheers were, you should also rip your shirt off, which my response was, I don't want the comparison between my body and Samson's. Fair for like literally yeah. anyone. Yeah. One thing I would say is I hope, I haven't checked, but I'm hoping that that tweet goes viral of Samson ripping off his shirt. It was such a great moment, and he looked happy like a little kid, and that's what this is all about. Jordan, can you confirm whether or not that went viral? <laughs> it did not. <laughs> but no, it was a, I mean, uh, you know, good game. Obviously, it's hard to beat down an entire match of player, particularly against our team, which, you know, we have our ups and downs sometimes, um, and we tend to only win close games. This is the only game we've won all season that wasn't a forfeit where we've won by multiple goals but we definitely were able to use the advantage we had in terms of just always having someone open to pass to. And I think by the end, they were pretty tired. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're looking forward. It moved us back into the promotion spot. So we're, we're excited. And the final game, as I'm swallowing my food, is we had uh, Fountain Square over Real West over Near East United. No, that's Six not to what three. you wrong. Were any of those three teams no. correct? Real West. Real West beat Fountain Square. Correct. That's right. We talked about this before the game. That's amazing. Yeah. At least I had the teams right. I was trying to do it from memory because I still yeah. had bacon. So it's like hands. you're learning it for the first time. You're like, oh my god. I uh, I infamously uh, subbed as keeper for Real West a couple times earlier this season, um, and so I've seen them play, and they had so much potential and talent early on there. So we played them first week of the season but they didn't have enough players, so it was a forfeit. If they'd had the team they have now at the beginning of the season, they're probably looking at challenging for promotion. They have several really talented quality players. They're particularly really, really good defensively. Um, you know, as the keeper, that's something that's nice. Um, so see when you're subbing, because I don't want to take too many shots to my body at that point. And they really, I mean, they do a great job of kind of eliminating what you want to do. Nice, yeah. And you know, Real West, they finished second overall last year. You you beat them for the bell. It, it, they year. are a very uh, different team than they were last sure. year, I will say. For but. sure. So I think one of the things that's uh, important to think about is um, as the rule committee has been kind of looking at rules for next year and possible changes or tweaks, I think one of the things that has come out of those conversations is, is just an acknowledgement the teams that do well in Indy City football are teams who have consistency and rosters that, that go through year by year. You know, we all make jokes about sporting here in Morton, but they have been playing together for nine years together, right? Uh, and so uh, one of the things that we do as a league uh, regularly is kind of identify the teams that are struggling year to year. Uh, <clears throat> that tends to be three or four teams every year. You know, it might just be the the result of the universe and people moving and getting pregnant and all the things that happen uh, as young people, um, you know, live their lives. But Real West is one of the one of the teams that basically didn't have a roster come back, 
which is very rare. We have like an 80, 90% uh, return rate for Indy City football. So um, one of the things that we've done to help support that long-term view um, is the manager who's with Real West right now. His, his name is Ali. He's incredible. Um, he was brought in by a friend who plays for, who has played for Real Fletcher Place for years and years. Um, and we've assigned a mentor uh, to each team that kind of struggles with, with uh, recruiting year to year. This year we're assigning mentors with solid long-term teams, uh, the managers who have like built these long-term uh, you know, consistent rosters and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, along with like helping uh, target those neighborhoods specifically for new players, uh, and, and this year with this active off-season, off we're going to have uh, connecting with neighborhood groups and recruiting throughout the year. Uh, we're really hoping to see some of, the, some of the teams that have struggled this year with, with rosters, which is, you know, Sporting White River, Real West. Um, or, or originally, Old Speedway City was having uh, some trouble. They're good now. They're killing it now. Um, so it's just, a, it's just important to, to, to kind of talk through what the league is doing uh, in a league that's that's not just like randomly getting together groups of friends to get together, but but focusing on a geographical area uh, and trying to develop long-term consistency. Uh, and there may be some folks who live in the Real West neighborhood that don't currently play for their team that we will strongly suggest make some transfers over to that space. So that's a little tea for you. And, and I'll just say in response to that, our team last year was very tight. I mean, we usually would have one male sub. If we were lucky, we would have a third sub. We only had, or third female sub. We only had three women on the roster at all. We probably played better last year because on a tighter roster, you get to know how people are. And we grew a lot this year and did a lot of active recruitment. And it's really nice to have those subs, but also, as Cole and I have discussed, it can be really hard I to learn how to integrate, not just in terms of how do you sub at the right amounts and how do you get make sure everyone's playing but also how do you make sure people know how some other people play because some people aren't going to move forward at their midfield some people are going to sit back in defense the whole time and don't want to go forward some people play striker differently than other people also like who plays well with whom that's something right. that we struggled with earlier in the season and we're finally i think our three teams have you know right at that amount of like yikes what do we do amount of players but some of us have figured out better than others, looking at you, Cole. We've also found that, like, just because you have two people who can score goals doesn't mean they should play at the same time. We yep. have our top two goal scorers. I've had conversations with them, but they really shouldn't be playing together at the same time because when they do, they're both trying to score the goal and it leaves the midfield open. So, like, you don't really find that. Like, when you're just starting and you're just like, we just have enough people, it's just best player. It's just anyone who can play, just go out and yep. try to make it work. But it starts to play together over time. Uh, I think that's really important, like we said, you know, just getting the people to come back and then whoever doesn't come back, know what position they played and mm -hmm. make selective, like recruiting based on positions, not just finding an able-bodied person, just somebody who can fill that role, the role that, that, that left and maybe, maybe improve upon it, maybe not, but just be, if you lose a center back, you need to recruit a center back. You shouldn't be recruiting a forward because then you're going to be down a center back next year. Um, so, so right now, League Two, we're going. We have two regular season games left, and we will preview next. We will preview the next set of games next week. Um, but as it stands, 
there are currently eight teams, eight of the 12 teams that mathematically have a chance to get promoted. And no team has been mathematically promoted yet. So that means any of these eight teams could be the top, the three teams that get promoted, move up to League One next year and in the League One playoffs this year. Uh, but as it stands right now, after nine regular season games, we have Bay Hendricks in first place with 21 points. Meridian Kessler United in second place, 19 points. Intermonon in third place with 18 points. Southside Soccer Club in fourth place with 17 points. Irvington FC in fifth place with 16 points. Old Speedway City, sixth place, 14 points. Fountain Square, uh, FC Fountain Square, uh, seventh place, 13 points. Garfield AC, eighth place, 13 points. Those are the eight teams that still mathematically have a chance to get promoted this year. Um, and then the, three te- the four teams who have been mathematically eliminated from promotion conversations, but still very much have a chance to win the League Two playoffs. Um, and Real West is hinting that they're about to try to do it again. Um, uh, we have Old North United with 10 points, Real West seven, Sport River five points, and Near East United with three points. But one, one thing to call out here, we have we had it a lot of times in the past where the like the bottom of league when we had we didn't have two different leagues we'd have like two or three teams that were going in the last couple of weeks without a win in league two right now every team has a win um, just to call out how, kind of how competitive it is you see with with uh, two games left eight teams have a chance to get promoted no one's been promote no one's been officially promoted you see how competitive it is there at the top but it's also just as competitive as the bottom. Every team has won a game. Mm-hmm. So. It's going to be fun next week talking about those possibilities. Um, looking at the last two weeks yeah. of the season to see uh, who's going to move into or fall out of. With every hour of games, the 630 game is going to sh- mm-hmm. like could eliminate some teams. Sure could. Could lock some teams in. Like It's going to be very interesting. I think if you are a League Two team that wants to be in this promotion conversation or wants to at least know where you stand in that promotion conversation – if you're playing at 7:30, you should be there at 6:30. You need to see what's happening to know what the out like the what math. your game what I mean what's at stake for your game. I think that yeah. that's really important. I think like like I said, there could be teams that get promoted at 6:30 and 7:30 doesn't matter at all. Like there's teams that are right on that cusp that just need a one or two points or a win or a tie and they're locking themselves in. So, I think the both hours of games can be very important. I think if you're playing, you want to be at both hours the last two weeks. So for, for next year, should we look at doing something a little different where all of League One plays at 630 across all fields and all of League Two plays at 730 across all fields? I like that idea for the last, last week. Last week. Yeah. Like similar to most leagues in the world, the last week of the season, every team plays at the same time. We don't need anybody purposely drawing and then playing half of a game of friendly know. just to uh, stay out of promotion. Area. Yeah, that would be really bad. It would be. Maybe we should do it for the last two weeks. No, I think, listen, next year. I kind of like the idea of last two weeks. Well, listen, but next year, ICF points will be added to the standings. Which going makes it almost impossible to fix it just off of one result. I will say, right now, um, who is it? Um, oh, this this was if something happens, if Irvington wins this week and M- MKU loses, they will be tied on points, goal differential potentially, and potentially. ICF points. So like, wow. that's that's wild. Uh, 
it goes to three decimal points. How statistically points. likely is that? Very unlikely. But like Demer said, next year once we're adding soccer and ICF points and that's going to be tracked throughout the season to dictate standings, uh, I really don't think we're going to be in the same situation. But that is another reason why this year, once you move to ProRail, there has to be like a – there has to be – you can't just say – this point forward, we're having promotion relation. There has to be something similar to what we had last year where we gradually, we, you know, we use the season's worth of data, put teams into the leagues, mm -hmm. and then move teams up and down just based off of soccer points, which we're doing this year. And then next year, hopefully, vote yes, Indy, City, Indy, or Indy Cup, which my shirt says, and um, we won't be having this next year. It's going to be balanced schedule, ICF points added, the best Indy City football team <laughs> Three best Indy City football teams will get promoted, and the three worst yep. Indy City football teams in League One will get relegated. And then next year, everyone's going to have a chance again, and we just run it back. Yep. Um, and from a scheduling perspective, Jason did it this year. I did it last year with some other people, with Scott. Um, it is very easy for us to just do control, find, and replace. We just move some teams around. We don't even have yep. to get Like, the schedule, we can whip it up in a few hours, when in the past it's been – days of work so we're really excited about that it'll kind of depend on too who gets promoted if Southside goes up compass cup kind of gets put well, on pause for a year well the compass i think i still think the compass cup we could, could go, compass we could go two different ways we could replace Southside soccer club with another team and keep the compass cup going or it's just the three teams that are still left they're fighting for the compass cup and it's just two there's just two rounds instead of three so I, well you could get down to where there's two and two there's a lot of things, but right now the Compass Cup is like one of those games where the control find replace doesn't quite work because you right. want to make sure they all play. Something else you could do is to make sure one of the first round matchups in the Indy Cup was a Compass Cup matchup. Could do that, but that would... That's sounds like lot, match fixing. Yeah. That sounds like, yeah, it sounds <laughs> interesting, but yeah. Um, I have a question for the uh, general. I think it's uh, something we're all wondering, or maybe just me. Uh, it's almost embarrassing to ask at this point, but I'm your going face to. is turning really red. I know because it's embarrassing to ask. Um, does promotion relegation happen before the tournament? Yes. There's a Twitter thread on ICF Live going in detail about this, but this year, hopefully, the last year we have playoffs. We wanted to make sure that the teams that got releg that got promoted or relegated was purely based on soccer. We wanted to take ICF points out of it. We didn't want, like, we wanted to make sure that if team was really struggling from a soccer perspective, they weren't accidentally getting promoted or, like, staying in League One or getting promoted uh, and vice versa. That would, so, would be less than ideal. Which, okay, well, an example of this, someone was like, that doesn't happen. Real West last year really struggled during the regular season, went to the finals of League Two, and if you based playoffs off of what promotion was, they would have been promoted, and there would have been a third-place game that another team. But Real West would have been promoted. They wouldn't have had the roster show up this year, what we had, and they would have had probably a worse time than some of the League One teams are having this year with having no, ex like, no experience playing together and now having to play the Hawvilles, the Riversides, Sporting Hair and Mortons week in, week out. The likelihood of us... That team staying together, even though that they know they're going to play in League Two next year, very unlikely. We probably would have lost them again and lost another year to rebuild and create a neighborhood team with them. So that's why this year promotion relegation is happening before the playoffs, 
because we wanted to make sure the promotion relegation happened based solely on soccer, balanced schedule, 12 teams, they all play each other once, we move the top three teams up, um, and then they can have a playoffs. So this actually, this not only allows like League Two teams to get an, that get promoted an idea of where they stand going into next year, they're not gonna have to play a top team, a top four team in week one. You're like, if you get promoted, you're probably gonna play like an AC Mile Square, uh, Real Fletcher Place, Mass Ave, very good teams. But if you're the top, if you're Bates Hendricks, you're the top team in League Two. You be, I think you, yeah. it's gonna be a competitive game. Yeah. So you're gonna be able to see, okay, where we, this is where we stand going into next season. This is the areas we need to improve on recruiting. Um, and we're not gonna have accidental promotions of teams that aren't ready or accidental relegations because another example here midtown i believe they're leading or in second place in the volunteer they actually would probably accident not accidentally they would they've only won one game this year and it was last week their first win they're playing heron morton and uh hallville the last two games mm-hmm no offense to them, they're probably not going to get any points. But if they go big in ICF because they're very engaged, good team, they like to hang out together, get points, they stay in League One. They don't. They're not a League One team. They're a League Two team. They're going to have a chance to play in the playoffs against League Two teams, see where they compare. Um, and the next year, they're going to be able to bring everyone back, and they're going to be confident that hey, I can come back and play for Midtown, and I'm not going to have the same experience I am this year because I know what the playoffs was like. These are the teams we're going to be playing. And we're going to be able to enjoy that. So that's 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 kind of the reason behind this. It is confusing, uh, but this is hopefully the last year uh, we will have playoffs. So if yeah. we vote yes, Indy Cup is a league, we won't have to do that again. It's another transition year. Like last year was, it got a bit confusing with the Pro Rail Week and who was mm-hmm. moving. And you know, some teams thought it wasn't real. Even <laughs> we can move on from that. Um, I, I mean, I will just say on the playoffs, it's also a you know, I'm pro Indie Cup, and because you're still going to get some of that. But for our team last year who went and won the League Two, like we loved the playoffs because it was so kind of, it made you tight knit, you bonded over that. And to your point, I think particularly this year where there, I think there has been, there's a couple teams maybe in League Two that probably are better suited to League One, and League One teams that are probably better suited to League Two. The playoffs could probably be a more fun experience for all of them, particularly the League One teams that I think probably have, you know, if you look at their goal differential right now, they've taken some shellackings, and it's not fun. No, and it's also going to be fun for those three yeah. teams in League Two to be able to see, like, okay. Where are we? Where are we? How are we going to go up? I can't wait to see up? what Bates does in League One. They're so tough. Mathematically, um, ba- we'll say mathematically, Bates is not in yet. I know, but, you know, I have a big heart, and I like to speculate. Um, quick other question. Um, can you remind the listeners, and by that I also mostly mean me, of who will be getting buys in the first week of the tournament? The top four. So we're not going with the people who have the most transit points. In sync is getting top, the most Top buys. four teams in League One will get a buy from the first round of top four teams in League Two. If you are relegated if you're a team that gets relegated from league one to league two you are locked into one of the top three places you will you will will add an icf and we'll move you guys around based on you based on like total points soccer plus icf so you could be broad ripple as an example they're currently 12th in league one they could 
They are leading in volunteer. They maxed them out. They're the first team the, to max out. They have full yeah, three. I was about to release um, an update about Garfield AC being at 2.8, but I guess if Broderick will max it they're out. They're volunteer, yeah. They're at three. So, like, they're a team that just picked up three points just off that, could leapfrog a couple teams, mm-hmm. and end yeah, up being easily. the number one seed in the League Two playoffs because they're going to be t- tied in there. But with the same thing, the League Three League Two teams that get promoted, you're bo- locked in the bottom three. However, the top three teams get a bye. So we will not have Hallville, Riverside, Heron Morton, and then the third team is to be decided. Either right now, I think it's between Martindale is in fourth. However, it could be Mapleton or it could be Mass Ave. Yeah. But one of those three teams, but you're not going to have to play, like just because you're in last place in the League Two playoffs, you're not going to have to play Hallville week one. You will play a more manageable game on paper that you have a chance at. And then once, once after you get out of the first round, which is typically the hardest round, the craziest things happen, anything can happen as you move forward in the tournament. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Thank you. I just realized I've been giving my team bad information about our transit points and that giving us a buy in the first round. So everything is meaningless, and I hate it. One thing which, if any cup gets voted on, we have talked about things in the previous season, meaning that you will like get what will get you because there's going to be eight teams that are going to get a buy in Indy Cup. So what can get you an Indy Cup? So we're we're definitely having conversations. You know, uh, winners of the like whoever the best team in transit, whoever the best team in social, whoever the best team is in volunteer, uh, winners of League One, League Two, commissioner. Like there's going to be eight teams that are gonna earn a buy in the first round of Indy Cup based on what they did in the previous experience. However, this year, it's not gonna give you a buy in the first round. The only team in League Two that can get a buy that doesn't get promoted, there's only one team. It's whoever finishes fourth when you add ICF plus soccer. Um, everyone else in League Two that stays down, they're gonna have to play against each other um, to see who goes to that, that next round. Oof, thank you for fixing what I thought about that. Shall we chat League One? Um, we had uh, what I like to call the League Darlings, the Pogies, Atletico Pogues run. Their first regular season win um, over Ooh. Upper Downtown FC 3-2. They won a game before. They won a game before. Wasn't it in the friendly? No, they beat no. Midtown. Just kidding. Their second <laughs> win of the season. Woo! Um, they were so thrilled. I talked to them after the game. Um what a cute team. That's all I'll say. They, <laughs> they love being there together. Even when they're losing, they're having a good time. They've had some key injuries this year. Um, they had some career-ending injuries last season, which is uh, the discrepancy in how good they were last year and this year. They all do everything together. It's adorable. We love you, Pogies. Jordan. Well, I, all I want to say is, as the unfortunate uh, assigned referee to this game, <laughs> um, I have to say... This was just a lovely Indy City football game. I mean, just respectful players playing good, hard Indy City football uh, soccer. Uh, and so it was, a, it was an excellent game. Uh, but, but everybody was, like, playing well, making sure that they weren't hurting each other. It was just, like, exactly what we're going for. So shout out to both Upper Downtown and Atletico Pokes Run for just playing a, a, a perfect uh, Indy City football game, and I got to tell you, just as a, an observer, 
Atletico Pogues run scored with maybe a minute or two left in this game. Uh, and so it was a, a wild and exciting finish the, that you don't often see in soccer. So shout out to both teams for, for being awesome Indy City football teams. And Jordan, I don't want you to let this inflate your ego, but <laughs> I did hear from a currently injured and recovering player who was at the game that they thought it was a very well referee. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm glad they got the check that I sent them to say <laughs> that. <laughs> Special shout out to uh, Craig on Pogues for scoring his second goal in in eight years. Craig, way to go. Yeah. I know he's had some like, he's been out for like some surgery this year. I think he sometimes travels like he's recovered from a lot this year. Woo. <laughs> and his, his first goal last year was against his first goal ever happened to be against me, I believe, in <laughs> Southside Talk Club and their one win last year. So uh, when I saw Craig at uh, the after party this Chatham week Tap. at Chatham Tap Butler, he came like running out in his QPR jersey, very, very excited that he scored that goal to keep them up. <laughs> um, and I asked them kind of about their, how they're feeling about, because that was, we talked about this a week before. That was the two teams that going into that game, Upper Downtown was not in the relegation zone and Pogues was, and they flip-flopped they based flip. on this result. Um, that, and I asked him how they felt about it and he said, we're actually feeling very confident. As the season's gone on, we feel better about like our team and moving forward, and they're happy to stay up in League One. So I think that is kind of what we've wanted. You know, that they, they had a lot of injuries last season uh, that flowed into this year. People who have stayed engaged, been non-playing team members, coaching, supporting on the sidelines, that'll be back next year. So they'll be back to that Pogues team that we talked about last year as potentially making our in the playoffs, League One. Um, so very excited for them. Um, and shout out to you, Craig. Can't wait to go hunting squirrels with you in a couple weeks, buddy. And um, uh, I'm just so happy for you. But before we move on, uh, as long as we're sharing obscure goal facts, I forgot to say this about mine. Uh, it's the first time I've scored a goal in a competitive game of soccer since George W. Bush was president. Wow. wow. You're I, your own little weapon of mass destruction right there, aren't you? <laughs> We found it. It's Detmer. Uh, so another game, you know, uh, tied very closely to this relegation discussion. We have Midtown beating Broad Ripple City 5-3. to three. And that was uh, Midtown's first win of the year. Mm -hmm. And a heartbreaker probably for Broad Ripple. I know they were not feeling too happy after this game. Like, I heard from uh, some folks on Midtown that it was really tight just the entire game. Like, they were just kind of trading goals. Uh, I believe Andy was playing goalie for Midtown, and he was stressed the entire time. Uh, <laughs> finally got to let some steam off at uh, Chatham Tap. Uh, yeah, I think just really intense, because I think both teams, I don't know if I can say that they're interested in relegation, but, you know, have had a very tough schedule in League One. Um, the relegation curious, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> if intrigued. I were in their place, I'd be very interested in relegation. But if I was a little curious sometimes. That's if fine. I was Broad Ripple's goalkeeper based on the goals scored against them, I would have demanded relegation immediately about two weeks ago. It's not the way it works. Unfortunately not. <laughs> I mean, if you bribe the commissioner enough, it probably could. I've heard he takes bribes in the form of whiskeys. Mm. Heard it here first. He is not denying it. It's because he's texting. Move on before he can. Oh, we've been talking about you. Let's move on. Last 630 game. Uh, that would be AC Mile Square 3, 
Mapleton FC, six. Cole, you seem very pumped about this. What would you like to say? Nothing. Here's what I would say is I have an announcement to make to the rest of the podcast because I haven't said it out loud. We never start recording. You're going to Mapleton. Our guests from Mapleton will not be able to make it tonight due to a car Aww. issue, but they will be here next week. You heard it here okay. first. Next week, we will have our guests from Mapleton Fall Creek, two podcast enthusiasts, and maybe an additional team member. I've heard, I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> it must be their um, podcast liaison who's dropped the ball with that. Is that you? It's me. I did a bad job. Whoopsie. I did a bad job. Um, anyways, that's a pretty big uh, goal differential in that game. It was the only yeah. game that was not back-to-back seeding. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. You're right. Can you remind me what that matchup was? Uh, it was like it was a 5-8. Five, 5-8. Eight. Five, eight. Yep, 5-8. Five, eight. Wow. Wow. Look at me. I know what's going on. Finally, it only took 10 weeks. Shelby, you're killing it. <laughs> and your skin is so glowy. How do you do it? You have really glowy skin too, Detmer. <laughs> Why, thank you. Actually, there's a lot of good skin sitting around this. I mean, do we, do we want to talk about my skincare routine? I'd love for you to tell me what your skincare routine is. I'm not joking. Uh, I it's love a, it's a serum, and then what uh, kind of serum? I don't know. My my wife gave it to me like two days do ago. You and, and your so wife that was have recently. similar skincare regimens. No, but she's slowly teaching me. Right. I believe one. that my boyfriend has reversed aged mm. since we've been living together. Now that mustache. Now that mustache. Shh. That's a secret. You might have to edit that out. I mean, if they've listened this long, they deserve it. Uh, so then let's do Sporting Heron Morton 4, Martindale AFC 3. Ooh, that's really close. Whew. Yeah, now I know that game was being played at the same time, so I wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, but that's a that's two tough teams right there. That's, that's it in Honestly, third four a still. Three, four? So that is a 3-4. A heartbreaking loss for me three, personally. 3-4 with a 3-4 score. Yeah. Wow. And oh. they flop. They, they switch yep. spaces. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, this close to the end of the season, that's, that could be season-defining. I think that is season-defining, but I will say I do think that those are the third and fourth best team in the league. No matter sure. how that came up, we saw last year where uh, Hawville and Heron Morton played very closely in the regular season, then it flopped in the playoffs. I think it very well could – that very well could happen in this situation here. I think sure. Martindale could show up and – Martindale's uh, a very they're, tough they're team. They're a great team, so – and Heron Morton's a great team, obviously. Like, we're—I mean, like—we're kind of really excited about Heron Morton falling from first to third. But Heron Morton is still within striking distance, and I think if you ask them, like, once everyone's—I imagine they're all going to show up because they love playoffs. That they could playoffs. They're the, they're the Scott Dixon of Indy City football. But the interesting thing here is when we add ICF points, does Heron Morton stay in the top four, or do they happen to get relegated? Or not relegated? Well, not do they relegated, drop? No, do they get dropped out <laughs> Man, of the top four? Like, please do not relegate here in Morton. They get negative points. Very likely two team next year. So there is a chance. Um, their their ICF points are not as high as others, um, but we'll just have to kind of see how close Martindale can get to uh, here in Morton these last two weeks. Yep. Kay. Fascinating. And then uh, Mass Ave United three, Real Fletcher Place one. Yeah, and that kind of does also check out Mass Ave being a um, a very tough team, very physical, very fast. Um, I know uh, Fletcher plays last week. I watched that game. Uh, I don't know if they had. I know they were missing a few. I know they're South Korean. Their their South Korean players did leave for the yeah. season. Their their loans were their loans. Uh, terminated. Yeah, they returned to their parent club, much to the chagrin of the many many fans of Real Fletcher Place. So I know that was a. Um, 
tough, tough outcome. Mass Ave is a very good team, still a very good team. They are currently um, still in the hunt, sitting there right there in fifth place. That's wild to me because I felt like they started the season not there, and they've just had a slow crawl to, like, yeah. near the top. Well, that's, that's, that's how this season's gone, and that's why we finally have a balanced schedule. And I say it over and over again, balanced schedule means everyone plays everybody. So you could have a terrible, terribly tough start of the season, but it's all going to level itself out at the end of the season because you are going to be compared against everyone who's played the same teams. So uh, Mass Ave did struggle at the beginning of the season. We were like, okay, are they – I mean, what happened to them? Um, but they played some of the top teams that are in the top now, um, and then they've as the season's gone on, they've played more teams that are around their skill level and have been w- winning those and picking up points. Um, and then we also said like the same thing about like AC mile square, a team who went to the finals last year, we were saying like, are they like, do they just have a hard schedule? But it turns out they're just not as good as they were last year. And they're down there in the relegation fight. So, uh, it can go either way. It can go in there. Yeah. They're definitely curious. (laughs) All right. So the, the game that we're all waiting to hear about the one V two of league one we have the referee here to talk about it in depth. Oh, yeah. Andrew, what was the score? Hallville Riverside. What was it? We don't really know the score. Uh, eight, no, it's 8, eight uh, Hallville 0 Riverside. According to the official. There's, a, there's apparently some sort of arbitration going on because there's, there's some dispute as to the final, final uh, score. But everyone can agree that it is a result no one expected. No uh, seriously, I so I think one of the most shocking games we've had all season. I mean, it's it's weird when your League One first and second place teams are in the com- create a game where it's in the conversation of should we be looking at mercy rules? Should we be talk- you don't expect this correct level of difference between the two best teams in the league overall? Yes, to come up. So I think a, a few things happened. One, I actually expected to have a. a, a so I, I ref two games in a row. The, ref, the game before this was Pogues Run versus Upper Downtown, which was a close result the entire time, a last-minute goal, like perfect Indy City football. That's exactly what I expected from the Hawville-Riverside game, and that is not what we got. Uh, and I, I have to say, largely, I think, well, well, first of all, for podcast listeners, you know at the start of the season we all picked uh, a team to win, and I chose Riverside City even though I've picked them two, two, years, in a, or la, two years in a row, basically. Uh, and uh, because, you know, they're just a phenomenal team. They've actually improved since last year, which is crazy to think about uh, because they were an incredible team last year. A very fun team to watch, very high skills. So yeah. are, are we learning that maybe there's such a thing as the commissioner's curse there, when it comes to Indy City there, football? There may be, although I have also heard that this same core group somewhat struggles in the other leagues. Uh, yeah, unfinishing. So I don't know. Potentially my curse. Potentially just the uh, the uh, uh, personality of, of that core group. But normally they're playing a Spanish style game, which is like possession, uh, lots of small controlled passes. They just completely own the other team. They wait for the right uh, shot. They have an incredible new player this year, uh, Nisi, who's who like the the last game of theirs I watched scored six out of their seven goals. Wow! Uh, so they have upgraded both of their all stars from this year. 
were not on the team last year, uh, and they were in in the top of League One uh, runnings last year, right? So, um, they just, finished seventh, just so you know. Did they really? Yeah. Oh wow! I, I'm gonna have to go back to my highlights from last year. Yeah. Uh, but they won a lot of games, at least early. And don't forget, I made my pick last year based on. I watched them warm How good up. Riverside was, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, again, the first time I've maybe ever actually watched people play soccer actively. Um, they looked so good warming up. Yeah, they're incredible players. And Fletcher Place beat them in game one, I that's think. Right. And that's, that's right. And that's why I they picked Drew. They yeah, yeah. Drew. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, heck, if Fletcher Place can keep up with them, <laughs> they're going all the way. So... Uh, all, all that to say, Riverside is a very good team with very talented players. And so I expected when they met Hawville that it would be a very tight, close game of possession and whatnot. And really what, what happened is um, Hawville is a, a team that's very fast to the ball and uh, also has uh, a player up or two really up top who can run and gun in a way that's within the Indy City football rules and also just completely dominating. And uh, with after the you know the first half of the first half, Havel had already gotten Riverside off of their possession game, and they were playing from behind, and they were getting frustrated, and it was just a complete complete overrunning by Havel of Riverside. They were frustrated. They were uh, you know more vocal. Riverside was more vocal than they normally are, um, and. I was very impressed uh, by Hawville and also very taken aback by how much that disturbed uh, the Riverside's normally like very uh, incredible flow of, of games. So, uh, you know, a result regar regardless of how the official result ends up uh, before Thursday um, was many goals to none. And that I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think it matters if it's eight nil or seven nil. This still is probably going to go down as the R Riverside Massacre in Indy City Football War. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, that's. I was. I was surprised, shocked, uh, but sometimes that's how it goes. Sometimes you have an off night. The the real question will be: Was that an off night by Riverside, or when they meet again in the playoffs? Is that or do we expect a similar result? So. I mean, from a soccer standpoint, I think a team like Riverside who loses or goes down early and your plan is keep the ball, pass it around, and just kind of pass the other team to death. If you go down by two goals early in this league, I think that's going to completely throw off your game plan. And so, yeah. and, and I know Jordan talked a lot about our offense. The defense is just as good on, on Hallville um, to be able to frustrate their players, to be able to frustrate their uh, possessions and uh, keep them off a game like that. So, no, I did not play in this game, so. Without like talking too much about the next two weeks, Hawville has had the uh, strongest strength of schedule the first nine weeks of the season, undoubtedly, because because you're playing two teams in the bottom three or in 11, the last 12. So how do you, like, let's just assume that things work out the way that they likely are. One plays 11, one's usually gonna win. One plays 12, one's usually going to win. So you're going to be going into the playoffs once again. Mm -hmm. You're not, you are a, you hate the playoffs, but, and you, I mean, you value a league, like a regular season, which 
I think most of us agree and why we're moving to the Indy Cup that is you play everyone the best team out of that is the winner mm -hmm. but how do you feel going into the playoffs being the number one seed when last year you didn't make you you got dropped in the semifinal and it's been a very very long time if ever I think Jordan likes to say no what number one seed has ever won Correct. no number one seed has ever won a playoff so how do you feel likely being that number one seed going into the playoffs I know Patrick delayed a move for this you season did? so yeah. like oh, they just listed their house it made me really so they just listed their house because they it's know that they're going to be moving um so if you're looking to move to the hallville area patrick's house is beautiful you gotta get the caskies in there <laughs> if, so, if you're looking to just move in general and are a really good indie city football player let me know and we'll find you a place in kennedy king <laughs> <laughs> but how, i mean like how do you feel going into that like you have to be it has to be so, like you're not someone who plays a lot like not trying nothing not, against you no, but you no. like intentionally don't play games so like you're definitely someone looking very close to the situation but kind of looking from the outside but feeling all the emotions of being on the same like you're on the team mm -hmm. and you are going to be impacted by being the number one seed going in having the expectations you guys overcame a draw early in the season when we thought like you were gonna have to win out you don't turns out you likely didn't have to so how do you feel going into the playoffs being that number one seed. So I, I know the uh, result from last week definitely helps um, a lot. Um, knowing that we've at least beat everyone but Martindale in the regular season, um, saying how our last two games will go, it, it feels really um, strong to say that, well, yeah, there will be some tough games if we run into Martindale, Sporting here in Morton, Riverside again. But um, we know we can, we can handle these teams so well and here's something else we haven't talked about much this season i don't think we're necessarily seeing the same here in morton that we saw last season or that we're used to seeing every season they I, have had to play down a couple games and i feel here in morton changes week to week on yeah. who's there so and it's the same people but maybe not with the same availability and that to me has played into them being you know maybe a clear fourth instead of mm -hmm. a clear third instead of Higher than it that. It depends on who will all be there for their playoffs. But that's the thing is, sure. Heron Morton was probably the team most impacted by the move to Thursday. There is a competing league that has, like, there's an other league that has a Thursday night game that a lot of people in Indy City football used to or still play in somehow. So, and I think Heron Morton was greatly impacted by that. You would, last year, Heron Morton would always have a full team. They might just have enough players, but they would. We weren't in the situation where some people can't show up. So as our season, which Jordan has said multiple times, we voted to have the longer season, we will be, we started before the other league and we will end after the other league. So if Heron Morton can hang on long enough, they're going to have full squad coming into. And that's dangerous. The last couple of weeks of the season. That is a dangerous uh um possibility there so. and refresh my memory they have won at least one game playing down the entire game correct multiple multiple yeah. they're multiple. a very good team still um i mean it's it's we were talking about it earlier i i don't know that being down a person if you are a team that has played together the amount of time that that heron morton core group has played matters as much if you actually know where the other people are going to be right. yeah you you can Definitely maneuver around that. Yeah, so. I mean, being down two people is going to suck. And also, I mean, stamina-wise, it's awful. But if you get one or two goals quickly because you just know that you know where your offense is going to kind of flow through, you, you can survive. 
And before we get into uh, League One standings, I will say, and to Cole, not playing much, I know, I have told the team that our next two games, I will play forward uh, the entire time. Amazing. Until I pass out on the field. Uh, We'll also have one of our three game subs, Courtney, who's um, just started playing earlier this year in our spring training uh, preseason league. She will be joining me uh, for the last final two games as a striker as well. So we'll be a new look at Hallville, but don't worry. I think um, I think the team will step in and save us if we get too bad. So I'm excited to watch you play forward. What uh, time do you play? 6.30 or 7.30. Okay, cool. Me too. We'll talk nice. about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, League One standings. Yeah, do you have those or do I need to? I got them. Okay. Um, so with this win, Hallville does move to the clear number one seed in League One. Congrats. How many points? 25 oh. points. Um, uh, Riverside City stays the same with 22. Hallville has 25 out of a possible 27. The only time they've dropped points is a tie versus Martindale where they're up two goals late and kind of collapsed. I'm, did the I'm south sure. Side. They did the remember. south side. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember that one. Amazing. Um, the uh, third place team, Sporting Heron Morton with 21. Uh, they moved past Martindale, who stayed with 19. Mass Ave United moved up to the one two. One, two, three, four, fifth spot. I lost track there. I think that's an appropriate spot for them. They Mass are a have, tough team. Yeah, Mass have moved up to fifth place with 18 points. Mapleton at 16. Fletcher Place with 12. And then you'll have AC Mile Square at 9. The Pogies at 7. Upper Downtown 6. Midtown 3. Broad Ripple 1. It is just wild how different the tables look between the two leagues. Mm-hmm. There's a bit more goals in League One than League Two. I mean, two. There, there's a big step up between League One and League Two. And, and we have t- we talked about how there's eight teams in League Two that have a chance to get promoted. There are still six teams in League One with two games left that could get relegated, and there's not a single team that's been relegated yet. Broad Ripple, one point out of nine games, still has a chance to not have to get to stay in League One. And if you're one of the teams playing Broad Ripple these last two weeks, uh, they're either looking to escape or maybe bring someone down with them. So, <laughs> yeah, be careful. I'll see how I can do out there. So, As is tradition with the guests, Andrew Detmer. As a former DePaul graduate, speaking to a Wabash graduate, and as someone who just last week said, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'm just never super like, yay, go in or moan on. Um, <laughs> I will be conducting this interview, I just decided. Um, Andrew, how long have you been playing in Indy City football? So this is my second season. Um, so I joined Intermonon their first season of existence, which was kind of a great time to jump in Correct. because no one on our team knew each other. We probably now have six, seven, or eight people that uh, are part of that core team from last year that came back. Um, and some of them brought people that they were tight with. So we've, we have a good kind of core that we're hoping to continue to build on. And if we're one of the teams that moves to League One, we're you know gonna have to do some more recruiting uh, probably, but we're looking forward to it. And it's honestly been great to get back into the sport after a decade off. 
amazing. Now, you live in Kennedy King, which is one of the Intermona neighborhoods, I do. correct? Do you love it there? Oh, I, I adore it. Uh, my wife and I moved in s- July of 2020. Um, we could not afford to move into our house now because that's what's happened in that neighborhood. Correct. Between right. that neighborhood changing and also just the overall housing market. But, you know, my neighbor directly to my south has been in the neighborhood since 2008. Uh, but on the other side of him is uh, a woman her name's Rose. She has been in the neighborhood for 43 years. Wow. Her wow, awesome. son is 43. Does she want to um, play soccer? <laughs> uh, Rose would kick all of our asses, so probably. Um, Rose, shout out but to you. So the, it, at least from my standpoint, it is I think the nice thing about Kennedy King and those neighborhoods is between efforts of the city, efforts by the Kennedy King Memorial Institute, efforts by Kennedy King's Neighborhood Association, they've tried to keep some of the historic and longtime residents in there without, but also recognize that there was a need to, there were a lot of empty lots and a lot of yeah. houses that needed to be, you know, I never rebuilt. really talk about this, but before I bought my house, the last neighborhood I lived in was here in Morton. Oh, really? <laughs> um, and I love going to Kennedy King. Festiva, one of my oh, favorite restaurants in town. So good. I think the best brunch experience you can have. 100%. Uh, West Fork, who I am dying to have sponsor Intermona next season. Uh, that being in walking that. distance, honestly, was like the closer for us buying our house. Nice. Little uh, small town uh, dink or relationships or whatever. Uh, one of the, uh, our, this year we d- developed a relationship with uh, American Red Cross, the Indiana division, and Lamar, uh, who we work with through the Red Cross, is also oh. the neighborhood Association president. Yes, Lamar uh, and I got to know each other while we were fighting the Kroger gas station. There together. you go. <laughs> so that, that, his first interaction uh, with me was me showing up with about 50 pages of notes of why that gas station was a terrible idea. There you idea. go. There you go. So uh, he's excited. Uh, obviously, uh, American Red Cross is sponsoring uh, Intermonon this year, uh, and the super kits are awesome. I hope those, those end up happening. But uh, I'm really excited. You, know, you, you never know when you start a, a uh, expansion team, you don't really know, you know, sometimes it's not all neighborhood people yep. and sometimes it takes a few years to develop a more like core neighborhood group. Uh, but uh, I've really enjoyed uh, kind of seeing those those relationships and those those crossing the paths um, uh, kind of spark yeah, new and, and old connections. Yep. And I'm just going to throw this out here. There are two. I knew where this is going. I almost brought it up. <laughs> there are two league officers who have been like day one league, league officers who currently uh, play for Upper Downtown, but they live in Kennedy King. Uh, and both uh, Zach and Jenny, um, you know, if, if, we were, if we were hard asses and we pushed them to the neighborhood, that's their actual neighborhood team. So uh, just throwing it out there. I, I might at have to point, do the hard sell. At some point, they're going to have to transfer to their neighborhood team, right? So just, you know, we're going to have an active offseason. I'm, I'm pitching you to have a more active offseason because <laughs> hey. that would be honestly a very good oh. League oh, One yeah. team. Oh, right? yeah. So uh, just no, toss it'll be that great. out there. I mean, particularly, I think one of the things I love about Indy City football, and I compare it. So when I studied abroad, I played for the University of Edinburgh's Ultimate Frisbee team, which the top kind of division of that in Europe is actually co-ed okay that team we won 
most of our games because our women were far better than the other team's right. women right. because we actually took them seriously. Right, right, and right. One of the things I love about any city football is a lot of the teams, their best players are the women's players who just come no in question. and. I mean, Molly could literally break my ankles if I tried to play against her. Like, I would be left a shell of a human if I tried to defend against her. So Shout out to Fountain Square. Yeah. She, we played them before her vacation ended, okay, and then it. I refed her first game back. Right, and right, the first right. thing I said to her was, thank God you were on vacation <laughs> as the guy who played goalie last Is she going to get the record for the most shout outs in a row on ICF Live? I think she, I think she might. Yeah. <laughs> um, so t tell me, this is as your second year, you know, this is the ninth year that we've done Indy City football. Well, have you played uh, recreational soccer before uh, or? So I played, kinda... I played uh, freshman, sophomore year, high school, stopped, okay. played essentially rec league, but intramurals in college a little bit. Okay. But then, I mean, I really have not played since high school until, you know, I'm a the past president of BYB, the current treasurer. Got it. A lot of people were involved. We were growing our relationship with you guys. Correct. And I yeah. was like, oh, we're moving to a new neighborhood. This feels like a good way to get to meet people yeah, yeah. and kind of expand. And also just in my head, I was like, also go out and do something like right. physical. And uh, has it worked activity. out the, the way you hoped? Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, I have developed great friends. You know, the core group, there's a few of us that are kind of soccer nerds when it comes right. to other stuff. Right. So I mean, right. uh, Colton, the manager, and I, and a couple other people, we have a text thread where we're, you know, we've shared like lineup suggestions and right, like ideas right. of how to build our team better. So it's been great. Um, just a really nice way to uh, develop, you know, networks in the neighborhood and get out and play the game that I used to love as a kid and hadn't played in a while. And I've kind of rediscovered the, that love of actually playing it. Ah, city football. We love to hear it. Uh, we, it's been uh, great to have you in the, in the league and, and really kind of, you know, it, uh, not everybody just immediately understands what we're going for, and and, and I just want to yeah. share with you. I, I I really feel like you have understood from the get go kind of what we're going for, and appreciate your participation in that. And I got the pure pleasure of watching you score la <laughs> last week. Uh, so congratulations Thank on that you. glory, my friend. Yeah, it was. You know, uh, I thought about ripping the shirt off because Samson had done it and hadn't gotten a red card. So I was like, <laughs> I feel like I could do this, but I was also like, I don't want people to compare my body to Samson's. I, I don't think there's any universe that exists in which anyone would give Samson a red card for ripping the I, shirt I, off. No, I was just gonna say I think he might be the only player in the league who can like get away with that. So. We'll, He's more we'll have likely to, have him back to on get the some single dollar bills <laughs> than he is a red card. Yeah, that's, that's I will say, fair. as someone who played keeper against him earlier in the season and he collided with me kind of at full pace, oh, sure. it felt like I was getting hit by a marble oh, statue. Oh, I'm sure. You, you just yeah. like bounced off of yeah. the Yeah, there's, there's a lot of human there for sure. Well, we we're we're glad we're gonna have to have Samson back on the podcast. To, uh, he he came and visited us actually here at yeah. Behringer's last year. Uh, so we'll have to make sure. Was, we was that his first goal ever? I thought he scored last year. He scored last year. Okay. It, was it was his, his first, first this season, season okay. basically. So. That makes more sense. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I love uh, uh, kind of pointing to Samson as an example of like somebody who's like athletically good, but who has never played the sport and has really like come to love it and developed, uh, a, you know, it's still a long way to go. Oh, yeah. I think. Honestly, he probably could have been a professional oh, player if he had, he had, you know, started from a kid, as a child, right? I mean, he's on. I mean, if you're a D1 football player at the level that he was at, right? Which he wasn't going to make it in the NFL, sure. But like, clearly a D1 athlete. Yeah. If he had spent years, you know, working the technique, learning the game, right? If he was playing in this league, I mean, he would be single-handedly 
destroying teams. <laughs> For sure. Maybe we do Indy City football spelled the American way. And then he can really have his time shine. <laughs> I think he's putting up like five or six touchdowns on his own. Oh, for we sure. We have for sure. joked about Indy City basketball. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I don't know if you know this. There is a, a league uh, in town made by an Indy City footballer for basketball that is basically the same similar sort of concept. Well, it's not exactly the same. It's but. a top three sport for me, which still isn't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming in and visiting with us, uh, Andrew. We really appreciate the two years that you've had with us and getting involved. And, and for those of you who don't know, Andrew has uh, joined the Rules Committee and, and been a big part of uh, reorganizing and better, better uh, kind of consolidating our rule set uh, so that it's easier to, uh, to communicate what we're going for. You know, nine years of new rules, you, you know, things get stuck in weird places. And I will say, honestly, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be as I started to go through it. I was like, eh, I mean, there's some work that could be done yeah, here, sure, but it's sure. not. Now, where's the weirdest place you found rules stuck? Oh, yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> I'm just joking. There's no real answer there. I mean, look, I deal with rules as a lawyer as my day job, so some weird places. Just That's great. Funny. Thank you for letting me... Um, Harass your team this season. I do think you all are solid. I just, it might be the red and white colors, to be honest. Mm. I was raised I mean, in as a Purdue a, household. I'm a DePaul graduate. As a Wabash guy, I, w I didn't hate being, you know, scarlet and white as sure, our colors no. for Intermonon. I think that must be. Which good. also, you know, uh, coincidentally, those colors are the colors that belong on the Monon Bell. Uh, you know, four to five years uh, out of, you know, five to six years when we're talking about uh, American football. And <laughs> it was very even um, when I was still there. And it seems like since I graduated, um, all hell broke loose with that. So um, Monon Bell game coming up in not too long from now. Um, I won't be in town, but maybe uh, you can go to a viewing party somewhere. Absolutely. Thanks again. Should we... Uh now talk uh, about a game that I don't think many of us want to talk about, yeah, but here's will. Cole. <laughs> the All-Star Game? Oh, that's that happened the, first. Whoops. Yeah, the All-Star Game. That is what first. happened at Saturday at 3 o'clock at Carroll Stadium. A lot uh, of sweat was sweat. It was, uh, the real feel was about 100 degrees. <laughs> the turf itself was hot, so it felt even hotter on the field. Um, but we played neutral colors versus vibrant colors, or it was neutral versus color. I just don't feel like saying the colored team <laughs> played, so it was neutral versus vibrant color. I think rainbow, the rainbow team. Acceptable name. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but the a rainbow team was down two to one. Oh wait, before I say this, an interesting change to this all-star game wasn't originally planned but it ended up being a full field, 11 on 11 <laughs> at Carroll. Why did I tell you? Ended up being 11 on 11. I think we have agreed not that going forward, it will be continue to be 11 on 11. We had a great time. A not planned yet, here I am. You can listen back. It I might, was saying full field. It might, we, maybe we do 13, 13 players in the full field, but uh, the rainbow team ended up victorious four to two and they were down two one at half um and then riverside players the riverside woman i don't her know her name but she was probably the best player on the team uh she scored a goal from about 30 yards out in an upper corner 
pretty wild. Uh, the goalie for Hallville was the goalie for the winning team, the Rainbow team. Good. Bill um, Stark. Bill, go. uh, Jordan asked us to chirp him or what do they call it in soccer? Uh, just like trash talk. Uh, hockey is chirping. But um, trash talk him. So I said, Bill, you're too old to be ordering uh, chicken fingers at an adult restaurant. Um, but he did at, at, at uh, Daredevil Tap, Daredevil, ta uh, Daredevil. Um, and yeah. he, but he also played well in that, only let in two goals. Um, he was very excited. I feel like every time he scored, he would jump up and smack the post. Nisi Jennings, by the way, is the name of the Riverside. Mace Jennings. Nisi. Nisi. The uh, best player on the field. I think that was undoubtable. Um, so good for her. Good for the Rainbow team. Um, next year, I think we're going to continue the full field. We might change up the teams a little bit, but had a lot of fun. Um, and then, so that was at 3 o'clock. At 4 o'clock started the tailgate. Uh, there was an ICF tailgate and a BYB tailgate in conjunction. Um, there was... What was the real feel of that? Over 100. Uh, we, when we left the stadium, we had, there was people literally standing under the bleachers, the BYB bleachers, to get out of the sun. It was that hot. Um, but when I came out, because we, we parked in A lot before B lot was open, there was a shade spot. There's two shade spots in B lot for tailgating. Yep. And people usually get there at four to get them. But since we were we parked in A, we could get to B before A or we get to get from A to B before it opened. I sprinted to the car and we took a spot and then MKU took a spot. So BYB tailgate was going down. Uh, BYB jerseys were officially. Uh, I think they arrived. So people who ordered the BYB 11 year jerseys, the racing Indy FC, the racing Indy jerseys, those were there. Um, so that was very cool. Um, and then at the official, unofficial ICF tailgate, there was Real Fletcher Place, Southside Soccer Club, MKU, uh, the Garfield showed up. Um, but it was a good turnout. So we had a lot of fun. Um, and then we all went into the game and watched Indy 11 play against Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, and Indy 11 ended up losing this game 2-0. to zero. Um, Indy 11, however, did score a goal. Uh, I think it was very clear. Uh, head ref Cody Santangelo, oh, a.k.a. Santa and Jello, uh, said... So Cody was the head ref of the Indy 11 game. No, he's not. But there was, the fourth ref for the Indy 11 game was Nabil, who is an Indy City football ref. Correct. He did a great job. No complaints against him. It was a very poorly refed game. Cody agreed as the Indy City football head ref, and he did agree that that was a goal. However, it was not called. Indy 11 ended up losing 2-0, um, which there was some chatter on Twitter after the game. We do believe, like most people believe, that Indy 11 are actually putting forth the effort in the past, we've been bad and have not put forth effort. However, this year, we believe we're putting forth the effort. <clears throat> so we appreciate that for the team. It is still just a transition year with a new coach trying to play his formation, 
his players. And not just his formation, but his style of play, which is about as different as you can get for this club from Martin Rennie. Does it work good on turf? Yeah. Okay, good. It, uh, I mean, Lowry style can work well anywhere, um, but it's a belief that we're going to score by actually keeping the ball, possessing it, passing it. Whereas Martin Rennie's entire offense was get the ball to Tyler Pasher and hope something works and keep everybody else behind the ball, which in some ways can be effective, but it also meant that you can lose tight games pretty easily. Speaking of Tyler Pasher, Tyler Pasher was recently waived by the Houston Dynamo, so come home, Tyler. Come home. I just want to say the most heartbreaking thing this Saturday was, I mean, less than 10 minutes after the half, Pittsburgh got a red card, and we're down a player the yeah. almost so entire second half. I mean, shout out to this goalie going to an away game and leaving with a clean sheet and a player down. I mean, that's a great box for him to check. I wish he didn't do it in Indy, but, I mean, that's pretty respectable. Also, the only thing that I do like about Pittsburgh is that their jerseys and, like, overall branding reminds me of the Pantone color of the year. Like, a couple years ago when they did the two, and it was the yellow and gray. And I, it feels like they have that same shade of yellow and gray. Pittsburgh so, is... Shout out to the aesthetic. Got to represent. Gotta Pittsburgh respect. has done a fantastic job. Every team in their city have the same colors. Yep. Yeah. Love that. You gotta, you Gold, gotta really up, yellow, and black. Gold slash yellow and black. Yep. Um, and then like adjacent white or gray, but like that's their color palette. You got the Penguins, Steelers, Pittsburgh River Hounds. I'm sure there's other Pirates. teams. The Pirates. Pirates. Uh, all have the same colors. So shout out to them. Um, Which could not be more different than uh, the sports teams of Indianapolis. Yeah. 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 Most of them we have blue. Blues. We got some Except reds. for. Like we got some however, oranges. However, I, I think, I think uh, the Indians are slowly moving away from the name Indians because it is very problematic um, to Circle City baseball or whatever. They're, but their Circle City jerseys are blue and red. They would line up with Indy 11. Um, their Circle City jerseys are great. The best. I, I just wish they would embrace the Negro League team that used to the play here, the Clowns. Like That should be the branding. Yeah. It would be great. Yeah. That'd be great. But yeah, I mean, as a long time, long suffering Indy 11 fan, um, we gave Martin Rennie, who is a much worse coach than Mark Lowry, a lot of time and a lot of money to try to build a team. Lowry deserves the time and he needs more of it because he actually is trying to teach these players to play a way that some of them have never played before at all right now. And that likely means a lot of these players that Indy has are not going to be here next year. Um, and so I think that'll be very interesting to see what moves are made in the offseason. And hopefully, you know, there was some promise earlier in the year. It feels like that's gone away a little bit, but it, like you said, at least they're trying. So yeah. we'll see. One thing about him as a coach, he always goes and claps for the BYB. We get destroyed. He would be like, he'll give a thumbs down. He'll be like, that was not how we're, he'll say to us, that's not how we're supposed to play, but he'll still clap us for support. I think that's huge. I think that sure. it's important for players and team to acknowledge the fans who are showing up every game when the team on the field is not very good. Um, the team on the field BYB is showing up for two months. Yeah, BYB is showing up, and as a coach who I agree should be here for the long term, we should give him plenty of 
just runway to just yep. do what he needs to do multiple seasons because um, he's proven that he can do it. Uh, he he acknowledges the BYB. He supports the BYB, and I think he's an ally for the BYB uh, on and off the field. All right, cool. So uh, also happening this past weekend, we had a few races. Yeah, we and did. And since uh, you're here this week to talk about them, let's talk about them. So there, the, the first race was IndyCar in Nashville, Terrible. the road course. Or street course. The street circuit, yeah. And who won this race? Uh, Scott Dixon. You can. He's a sporting Heron Warden of IndyCar. Yeah. <laughs> Just consistent. I believe he broke the tie, so now he's in firm second. He's second, yep. six points out. Um, and he so did it with a broken car. So great for Scott Dixon. Um, and then in NASCAR, we had Kevin Harvick winning in Michigan. Uh, Kevin Harvick has won three of four in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Three of the last four in Michigan, and um, he is the 15th winner of 23 races in the NASCAR Cup Series this year. Um, we are quickly approaching more winners than playoff spots, which it's been in the past a guarantee lock. If you win a race, you get in the playoffs. That might not happen this year. Um, and interesting enough, Bubba Wallace, also another team, a person, a team, a driver who has not won this year was in second so he didn't win this year he hasn't won this year he won last year he won last year gotcha. so we had two the person who finished first and second uh both trying to get both that. would have been a person going for there so uh the, it'll be interesting to see where this where the, where the both racing seasons end so, so i believe will power moved into first in indycar standings erickson is no longer in no, first erickson dropped a third and um uh, Chase Elliott's still in first. So in, in, in there's NASCAR. 15 winners in NASCAR right now, and there's 16 guaranteed spots for the playoffs. Yep. So if Bubba wins and Blaney wins, who is the first driver out who won a race? It would Right now it would probably be Bubba. Or no, Chase Briscoe is probably local Indiana, Mitchell, Indiana. He yeah. hasn't done much since he won the race early in the season. So it's probably him, but we'll have to see. Right now, if 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 more than sixteen, if sixteen or more, or more than sixteen racers win a race, we're looking at is Kevin uh, is Kurt Busch going to come For back sure. from his There's concussion? If not, then I believe NASCAR would just make it easy on everybody and just drop him. Ty Gibbs finishes the season at twenty three eleven, and then the rest other sixteen winners can all race the playoffs. Um, so I. There's that. Yeah. Okay. And then um, this weekend, there is a, an event for a cultural trail cleanup. Yes. We are doing a cultural trail cleanup uh, for Jordan. You want to talk about your cult, the cultural trail cleanup? Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we've done every year, gosh, for five or six years now, has been uh, doing a cleanup on the cultural trail. Uh, you know, as you know, it's a uh, high density uh, pedestrian and, and bicycle path that has all these great bioswales. Uh, it's honestly like a country leading uh, pedestrian and bicycle path. Um, uh, probably somewhat average in Europe, but that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, but anyway, it's a, a, pri a point of pride in Indianapolis. And one of the things that we love to do uh, with Indy City Football is show up uh, and help keep that place clean. So it's a little, it's just your basic litter uh, cleanup. 
cigarette butts and litter and trash and um, you know one one of the the things that we do to try to keep the places that we are better than we found it uh, and so that's happening this Saturday um, we've had anywhere from 40 or 50 people show up uh, to just a few people show up uh, and uh, let me tell you it's a lot more fun when a lot of people show up, uh, you know, because you're having good times. You're you're hanging out with people, and it's it's more fun than just kind of you know doing it by yourself. So, uh, if you have the time on Saturday morning, uh, you know, the weekly email will go out uh, probably tomorrow uh, at some point that will have the details for that. But I highly recommend uh, going. It's a great time. It's just a couple hours of your time, and then we will have uh, one of the things we're trying to do this year is to have an official after party. Uh, af after the space. So uh, depending on where the cultural trail um, actually ends up putting us, we will there, there will be a Indy City football uh, sponsor after party. Uh, and we're still kind of waiting on details uh, in terms of what part of the cultural trail we're on. But we will make sure to, to communicate that the day of. So you'll be able to have lunch slash brunch, a beer or two, uh, and hang out with uh, your teammates. Uh, and your non-teammates, your fellow footballers, uh, to earn points uh, towards your, your table. And as you know, there's just a few weeks left to do that, uh, and it will matter for your playoff position. So. I was going to say, looking at you, like four, five, six uh, spots in like League Two, like you lock in some of these volunteer, these transit, these social points, and that can bump you up to that number four spot and guarantee you that buy in week one. I know Southside's looking at that spot, so... All right. So if you want a chance, this is your chance. We need carries. It's time for everyone's most favorite segment of Indy City Football Live. The ending? Shot to the heart, and you're too late, darling, in love, First of all, I'll take some of these 30 seconds to say that Caitlin Bristow and Tasha Adams would like a word about being the best host. Finally, let's get back to business. So they're going on a cruise. Uh, that's how they're dealing with being a little safe uh, in renewed COVID times. Um, I'm not sure where they're going because I left halfway through the episode because I was tired and in a bad mood last week. Here's what I do know. Rachel threw a fit because on Cabby Gabby's date, um, they have finally split, by the way, into Gabby's guys and Rachel's guys. That's great. Um, Rachel was able to observe Gabby's date and so were her guys, but they were sitting kind of across the place from each other. And it was a group date. It was a group date. It's not that weird, Cole. And, uh, Still a little weird. Basically, Rachel got mad because none of her guys like made eye contact with her during that time. That's all. Shot to the heart, and you're too late, I know that was a weird recap, but that's basically it. That's good. Okay, well, sounds like another good episode. We did it. We did it, guys. Um, Detmer, thanks for coming. It was fun having you. Thank you. It was fun hanging Just out with you guys. Slandra. Quick little recap where we meeting at on Thursday. Thursday, Googman, not Koontz. Googman is the double points uh, location. Instead of an after party, it's just a party party. We've also got this weekend a trail cleanup. We've already talked we about covered it. the Did trail we? cleanup. Okay, sorry. I was not listening. People should show up even though I won't. Show up even though uh, me and Detmer won't be there. So you're losing the most fun people. It's fine. Um, baby got brunches this weekend. That's what I will be doing that morning. And then my cousin's getting married in Muncie, Indiana. Fun see. 
have a good week, everyone. No games this week. Final no reminder. Games. Please don't go to Coons. Go to Googman. Get your double points or wear your jerseys. Go to Anywhere. your own uh, sponsored after party. Yes. Don't just go to a bar. Go to any actual sponsorship-based bar. Take your pictures. Look cute. Get the points. Show up to the cultural trail. Get your volunteer points. Carpool to that official after party. Get transit points. Do you have to get look them cute? All. What if you don't look cute? Yeah, if you're ugly, you don't get any points. Okay, <laughs> I needed to know. But here's the thing: looking That's a cute for Cole is like and a. I. Looking cute is like a personality thing. It has very little to do with your actual I mean, that's even worse for me if it's on your personality. (laughs) All right. So we will talk to you all again next Tuesday. We will see you Thursday at Googman House or anywhere else. Tag us on socials. And then the week after that for uh, week 11. We will talk. We will cover. We're not ready to talk about the future yet. We'll talk about the future next week. No, I'm doing it now. Just joking. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? mine? Would you be mine? mine? Would you be mine? mine? Would you be my neighbor? This episode of Indy City Football Live is dedicated to our cat, Clover. Rest easy, sissy.